0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We are your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi.
1: So I had a little incident uh, while I was sleeping the other day, and I have now found out how to wake myself up from a sleep nightmare or sleep terror. Ooh. I slapped myself in the face. With a tortilla? <laughs> Not with a tortilla. <laughs> in my dream, I was like, this is going to get real bad real fast, and I could tell it was going bad, and I was like, I should try to like wave myself up and I slapped myself in my dream and I woke up and I was slapping myself in the face like in real life yes <laughs> I woke up because I slapped myself <laughs> in real life oh that makes me sad for you but also I'm <laughs> glad that you didn't have to experience this I didn't paralysis. I didn't because I slapped myself too wake myself up that is a life hack isn't yeah. it it's taking me this long to realize that's how i pull myself out
2: oh whenever i'm in a nightmare and i'm cognizant of it uh-huh. i do like i'll either jump off the building jump off a cliff like i'll instantly <gasps> wow. i'll try and do the thing that i know like well this is stupid i'll just hypothetically die but i'll wake up but
0: then i'm afraid to go back to sleep do
1: you jolt like awake when you do that yes yeah
0: I hate all that. I don't do any of that when I have nightmares. <laughs> I, Barbara, Barbara comes to you, slap yourself. Luckily, I've only seen Barbara once because she's horrifying. But, um, you know, sad news about my hand. I woke up with my, my cryptid hand Yes. <laughs> um, the other night crying because I tried to move it. And it hurt so bad in my Aww. sleep. And I was like, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so ridiculous. I probably looked ridiculous if anybody walked in. Your cryptid hand. Yeah, it's better now. Well, are you ready for me to entertain you? Absolutely, always. Strap in, strapped. Okay. Well, I can't believe this, but I'm actually doing an unsolved case. <gasps> I know. Say it. I know. So,
1: it's taken how many years?
0: I hate myself for it already. Oh,
1: okay. Literally, you were just saying you've never done an unsolved,
0: <laughs> and here we are. I know. On the last true co- crime uh, episode, I went off on this huge tangent about how I hate unsolves yes. and.
1: I remember. Here I am. I really can't wait.
0: Don't give me the credit. Give it to Boydston because she's the one who gave me the idea because I was in a little bit of a true crime slump. I couldn't think of anything and I was trying to figure out what to talk about. She said, you should talk about the Axeman of New Orleans. Okay. So I'm the only one who doesn't know what was going on here. Okay. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I know who the X-Men of New Orleans is. So I'm I thought excited. that's what you were talking about initially, no. and then I realized, oh, she like, it she's wasn't a surprise like a third to Boydston. Yeah.
2: Is it New Orleans or New Orleans? I think it could be either way, no?
1: I you say know? New Orleans, but I'm sure people there probably call it like New Orleans. Nolens. Yeah. They don't say the E.
2: I think it's New Orleans.
1: No, that um, just sounded like one word
2: New Orleans. Yeah, I think that's the point.
0: I don't know. You pronounce it however it feels right. Well, now I'm going to be all self conscious about it. <laughs> Anyways, from May of 1918 to October of 1919, a serial killer known as the Axeman of New Orleans was on a killing spree in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> was that where he was? Okay. Yeah. I was confused. Or New Orleans. I know this is going to be shocking, but he killed most of his victims with an axe. <gasps> or a straight razor. I
1: don't know. I
0: like, think Axeman kind of roll off the tongue. Is it Axeman? Instead Axeman. of straight razor man? Straight Man, demon
1: barber. Oh. <gasps>
0: Zach, Zach, is that you? The Demon Barber. No, the Demon Barber, yes. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. You know what? You're onto something.
1: I did not come up with that on my own. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? No. No, I really thought
0: you were being clever. (laughs) (laughs) I was genuinely shocked.
1: The famous musical? And Johnny Depp did, like, a movie version of it with the Demon Barber?
2: No. What?
0: Does it have a name?
1: Is
2: it? He wasn't the
0: the Demon Barber. He was the, uh... It's right. Sweeney it's Todd, Sweeney the Todd. Demon
1: Barber of Fleet Street.
0: It is a very famous I'm musical. I'm only halfway see it. It's, it's okay. And I like musicals and I like Johnny. Right. So that's where I got the Demon Barber because of... Sweeney Todd. The razor. yes, yeah, Sweeney Todd. Okay. <clears throat> um, so the axe usually belonged to the victims. And usually a panel on the back door was removed by a chisel for the person to enter the house. Like a doggy door. What? Like a doggy door.
1: <laughs> Did I yes. have to that? I'm so sorry.
0: No. <laughs> Did my face <laughs> give it away?
1: <laughs> you guys are all like, no, uh, doggy door.
0: <laughs> Sounds the same. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He created a doggy door. <laughs> yes. With a chisel. So. <laughs> and usually the panel of the door and the chisel were left by the door. So it's believed that the murders were, mo- uh, were not motivated by robbery and that no items were removed from the victim's homes. Most of the victims were Italian immigrants or Italian Americans, which led many people to believe that the killings were ethnically motivated. Some really went crazy with this theory and even said that perhaps the mafia was involved. Another theory is that the killings were related to sex and that the murderer was a sadist who was looking for female victims. Criminologists who have evaluated the case believe that the male victims were killed only because they obstructed his attempts to murder women. Now, here in a minute, I'm going to go through all the victims and... I think that this is the least believable theory. So you'll have to tell me what you think when we're done. Okay. I think my favorite theory, though, is that the uh, murders were committed in an attempt to promote jazz music.
2: Yes. Jazz is
0: nice. He just came blasting through his doggy door with his saxophone. saxophone.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, that the sound that a saxophone makes? That is jazz.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that is a saxophone. Obviously. That was a jazz saxophone. <laughs> Kenny G would be proud. <laughs>
0: i'm so proud of myself
1: <laughs> okay this was <laughs> with my sweet jazz <laughs>
2: what's that
0: what's the um god
2: <laughs> oh god what is it um no
0: no
1: one's happening
0: we're trying to think of just one jazz song it's not what happening
1: it? oh like the <laughs> yes yes
0: <laughs> yes what is that called
1: what? it's like i don't know the name of it but that's like kenny g's like famous
0: like <laughs> <laughs> those three notes are not helping
1: <laughs> hold please <laughs> hang on i got this do you know that song that's the song i was thinking of because it's famous
2: careless whisper okay. i don't know
1: what that is i do know that one uh we were on two different songs So Kenny G? No. It's
0: Michael, George Michael. uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So that's what the Man did. He just popped in. (laughs) He was Kenny G. (laughs) Before Kenny G. So um, anyways, a lot of people thought that maybe he was just trying to promote his jazz music. And this was suggested by a letter written by the killer, where he stated that he would spare everyone who played jazz in their homes. And I'm going to read you this letter. So, hell, March 13th, 1919. Esteemed mortal.
1: Oh, wow. Went there, demon barber.
0: <laughs> they have never caught me and they never will. They've never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians. Is that how you say that? Oh. Orleanians? Oh, for New Orleans. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what that word is. <laughs> I, I think you made it up. And your foolish police call the man When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past in fact they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me but his satanic majesty francis joseph etc
2: is that satan's name i don't know <laughs>
0: apparently uh, like apparently a
1: maybe a police chief
0: i i like to think it's his satanic maj- majesty
1: i thought it was uh, stan satan or
0: <laughs> sir satan sir satan <laughs> We already
1: discussed
0: this. (laughs) But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the Axeman. I don't think there's any need of such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, for I am in close relationship with the Angel of Death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15, earthly time, on next Tuesday night, I'm going to pass over New Orleans... In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music. And I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. A full fucking jazz band? I was thinking it was just music. I'm wondering if he means just music. Oh, no. If everyone has a jazz band going... Well, then, so much the better for your people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that Mm -hmm. specific Tuesday night. When in doubt, jazz it out. (laughs) (laughs) Does jazz hands count? (laughs) Okay, okay. If they don't jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, we'll get the axe. Well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native... Tartarus. Oh, God, help me. T A R T A R U S? Tartarus? I don't know what that means. And it's about time I leave your earthly home. I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fantasy. The Axeman. Okay. He's telling them, girl, put that record on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put your records on. Okay, well, the axe man was never caught or identified, and his killings just seemed to randomly stop. He was very long-winded in his letter, know, by the way. too. I know. Like you can tell, narcissistic. You can tell he thought he was really smart, too. He is not of
1: this world. Okay, he's going back to his uh, other region. Oh, his nether regions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> With Sir Joseph,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sir Michael
0: Joseph. Yes. <laughs>
2: But also he said the later King of the Nether
0: Regions.
1: <laughs> go back to my other realm.
2: He said that he was cold, but isn't hell
0: hot? Apparently for him. Maybe it's that's why he cold. wanted to go back
1: to where it was gonna be warm. He's like, Here, I'm cold here in New Orleans, um, but I'm gonna go back to where it's warm. It's Which hot is down there hell.
0: in the Nether Regions.
2: <laughs> my nether regions are it's hot, hot. and <laughs> burning.
0: They are burning. July. For Joseph. <laughs> okay, here we go. So here are the victims. So we're gonna start with Joseph Maggio. Joe, he was an Italian grocer, so he and his wife, Catherine, were attacked while they were sleeping on May twenty third, nineteen eighteen. The killer cut their throats with a straight razor, then smashed their heads in with an
2: axe. Mm. I, don't I feel like both of those were necessary.
0: I know it's a little extra, mm-hmm. but
1: I was just going to say maybe it's a, like maybe they died before they got their heads bashed in. If well, he slit their throats, that's a quick death, right?
0: Mm. Wait, let me just read on and then oh, okay. you okay. Yeah. You're going
1: to tell me I'm, I'm wrong. I'm going to
0: burst your bubble. I'm- Catherine's throat was cut so deeply that her head was almost severed from her shoulders. Oh. Joseph survived the initial attack. Oh, gosh, dang. But <laughs> died shortly after his brothers discovered him in the apartment. Law enforcement found bloody clothing belonging to the murderer. The bloody razor was found in the neighbor's yard and belonged to Andrew Maggio, the brother. Andrew owned a barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Demon Barber. Damn it, it's all <laughs> complete a <free> street. <laughs> I called it. This is where Sweeney Todd got his. I think maybe. I am It has to be.
1: I wonder if Sweeney Todd is actually based off this.
0: Because I mean, they interviewed Andrew Maggio thinking maybe he could be a suspect, obviously.
1: Obviously. I mean, well, I think so, it's probably more based off of uh I don't know. in England. It's
0: probably more based off of the Ripper, maybe. But Andrew's he owned the barbershop, and his employees said that he had taken the razor home to fix a nick in the blade a few days earlier. And he just so happened to live in the same apartment building as Joseph and Catherine and claimed that he heard strange groaning noises coming from their ap- apartment. Mind and- your business, I Andrew. Know. So he was like, Not not my business. Mm-hmm. All right. And also, he'd been drinking, so he thought maybe it was just in his head. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. But. Like I said, he was a suspect and was investigated, but eventually released. But did you say that the killer's
2: bloody clothing? Like, did he walk out naked? Yeah, who knows?
1: He stripped his clothes off through the razor, and he's like, "I'm done,
0: <laughs> going back to hell with his saxophone."
1: With his saxophone, his saxophone covering his <laughs> covered in the news. his nether regions. <laughs> yep. He had his axe. It sounds
0: like he tossed that too. It was just a blade <laughs> that time.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> All right, next up. Louis Bazumer and Harriet Lowe were attacked in the early morning hours of June 27th, 1918. Louis was struck above his right temple with a hatchet and likely left him with a skull fracture. Harriet was hit over her left ear, and both of them were found alive but unconscious the next morning around 7am. The axe was found in the bathroom of the apartment and belonged to Louis. Louis actually told police that he was sleeping when he was bashed in the head. So there goes the theory of quick deaths. And
1: he's not showing up prepared at all. Like he's just finding their access.
0: Yeah. A man named Lewis. Again, apparently that was a popular name. Kind of like Sarah. A man named Lewis Rubicon, a 41-year-old African-American man employed at the grocery store that other Lewis owned, was arrested. And even though there wasn't any evidence to indicate that he was guilty, apparently he kept changing his story, which is enough to arrest someone. On murder charges and that made him seem super suspicious nothing ever came with that so he was released okay when well,
1: this is only the second case they're so probably not putting them together yet
0: right more about this story though police then turned their attention to Louis besumer after they found letters in his home that were written in german police felt that he was probably a german spy so they went ahead and arrested him the guy who was attacked it didn't help that Harriet, who was you know also attacked and in and out of consciousness at the hospital, also said that he was a German spy. She also said that he was the one who attacked her with the hatchet. So who knows? She also she just had a brain injury. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so Lewis, the the supposed German spy, was charged with murder and served nine months in prison before being acquitted. So as I mentioned just a second ago, Harriet had been hit in the hatchet over hit hit the hatchet hit with the hatchet <laughs> above her left ear. and found unconscious at the scene of the crime. Uh, So when she regained consciousness at the hospital, she made all sorts of crazy claims. She basically contradicted everything that Lewis said. And even though she accused him of both being a German spy and of being the attacker, she went ahead and moved back in with him a few weeks after being in the hospital. Part of her face was paralyzed during the attack. I mean, that's Mm. not a surprise. But sadly, she died after doctors tried to perform a risky surgery to try to fix some of her deficits on her face. Oh, gosh. The next victim was Anna Schneider. She was attacked August 5th, 1918. She was eight months pregnant at the time. Mm. Her face was bashed in repeatedly and her scalp had been cut. Her face was completely covered in blood when her husband found her just after midnight after he returned home from work. She survived the incident and gave birth to a baby. Wow. Two days later. She survived. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Investigators believed that she was actually beaten with a lamp. So there was some speculation if it was even associated with the man. but they tied it into the case. Okay. Joseph Romano, he was an elderly man who lived with his two nieces. On the night of August 10th, 1918, the nieces heard a commotion coming from their uncle's bedroom. When they went in to check it out, they found their uncle with two large gashes on his head. The girls claimed that they saw the assailant leaving and described him as a dark-skinned, heavy-set man with a dark suit and slouched hat.
1: I feel like that could describe a lot of men
0: during that time, though. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph was badly injured, but able to walk himself to the ambulance. Sadly, though, he died two days later from his injuries, and authorities found a bloody axe in the backyard and found that the back door panel had been removed with a chisel for a doggy door. After the Romano murder, the whole town was completely panicked, and some people claimed to see the man lurking in neighborhoods, and others reported finding axes randomly in their backyard. Investigators made claims that the killer was likely a very normal, law-abiding citizen with an overwhelming desire to kill. Not so law-abiding. Right? Also not a normal citizen. <laughs> I know. I feel like everything <coughs> contradicts so each other.
1: like the murders, he's law-abiding and normal.
0: <laughs> they described him as like a modern-day Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Ah, okay. Yeah. So next up, we have Charles, Rosie, and Mary, oh gosh, Cordemilia, Beautiful. Thank you. You're doing great with these Italian <laughs> names. <laughs> it's not my strong suit. On March 10th, 1919, screams were heard coming from their home. A neighbor rushed over to the house to find that all three of them had been attacked. Rosie stood in the doorway, clutching her dead daughter's body. Aww. Her dead daughter was Mary. Charles was laying on the floor, bleeding profusely, and the couple was rushed to the hospital and was found to have skull fractures. Charles was released two days later, but Rosie remained in intensive care. Authorities found a bloody axe in the backyard, and the back door panel had been removed again with a chisel. Rosie claimed when she came to that it was the neighbor, the one that found them, and his son that attacked them, but they weren't initially arrested for the crime. It seemed that it was physically impossible for either of them to be involved. The neighbors, one was basically too old and incapable of crawling through a doggy door, and the other one was too big to fit through this uh, tiny mm-hmm. little opening. Gotcha. They were eventually arrested and charged, though, with murder, and the younger neighbor was sentenced to death and the elder to life in prison. Charles, the husband, denied these claims and actually divorced Rosie over all of this, and a year later, R- Rosie admitted that she had made false claims out of spite.
1: Jeez, how much do you have to hate your neighbor to sentence them to death?
0: I don't know, but also I'm just like, how are you like trusting their yeah. word? They just had massive head injuries. That- well,
2: also, it seems like if there's not evidence yeah it's
0: really hard to execute somebody but apparently not i know so next up is steve boca he was attacked in his sleep on august 10th 1919 he had a severe head injury but also survived and he couldn't remember anything about the attack this was significant though because it happened right after the letter that was written by the axe man
1: i'm impressed (laughs) that so many people are surviving axe wounds to the head right yeah must have
2: a really good hospital down there yeah. yeah. Or yeah, just really blunt axes.
1: Yeah, not sharp.
2: Maybe they're not axes. Oh.
1: Maybe he's using the
2: opposite end, not the sharp oh, yeah, end. Yeah, that's what the we handle. Found out. He's holding onto the axe. <laughs> <laughs> he's using the handle. No, I meant oh, the- He's a real dumb criminal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the blood's dumb. all coming from his hands. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> a normal person, okay?
2: He's yeah. a law abiding citizen. Obviously. Thank you.
0: <laughs> he's like, I can't hit him with the axe, but I'll just hit him with the <laughs> handle. <laughs> the axes are different here than in hell. <laughs> i will show them. This isn't how we do it down in hell. All right. Next up, we have Sarah Lauman. On September 3rd, 1919, she was attacked while she was sleeping. Again, she was found on her bed by her neighbors after not answering the door. She had lived alone. She was found to have severe head injuries and was missing several teeth. The intruder entered the apartment through an open window and attacked her with a blunt object. And a bloody axe was also found in her front lawn. She recovered from her injuries, but couldn't remember any details. I'm sure (laughs) she knew these beatings are rough. So the next one and the last one is Mike Peptone. He was attacked on October 27th, 1919. He had been struck in the head with an axe and there was blood covering the room, including a painting of the Virgin Mary. Sadly, he died and he was the last of the alleged axe man murders. So the story of the Axeman can be found written in several books and TV shows, but probably my favorite was American Horror Story. Got I
1: it. knew it. <laughs> of course, it all yeah. ties back to American Horror Story.
0: If you haven't seen it or you don't remember, it was on the episode of The Coven, and he was the love interest opposite of Jessica Lange. I, I loved was, it. Season. He was a terrible. He was a terrible man in the character. Or in the, uh, <laughs> he's a terrible man, <laughs> but I loved it. Well, basically, I mean. Pretty much all the characters in American Horror Story are—they're all kind terrible, of terrible people, yeah. But I like it. So there you go. I have done an unsolved case now for you all.
1: So he just stopped killing, and they never
0: just went away.
2: So these people did not have jazz playing, and that's why they were attacked. That's why Mike—they think
0: Mike, the last one, mm-hmm. died were people actually playing jazz in their homes.
1: Yeah,
2: so it was a big thing like on they after the letter came out, mm-hmm. it was like this one Tuesday night and the entire city mm-hmm. were up playing big band jazz music. And because they were fearful, like, you know.
0: You know what it reminds me of is um from home alone when he sets up those figures oh, yeah. that dance like in the having window. A big party. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I would have done. Just like mm-hmm. nee, 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 nee. Careless whisper. Yeah. Michael Jordan yeah, nah, nah, with his basketball. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I was like, "How does one family have that
0: many cutouts?" <laughs> then, you know what? <laughs> there's a lot. Of I never <laughs> thought about that until now. <laughs>
1: Lots of unrealistic things about this movie.
0: I was just like, "How clever of him to put it on a train and make it move around." He was a yes. very clever boy. I know. Well, I hope you liked the story. It was beautiful. It did. Okay, good. <laughs> is it bothering you a hundred percent
1: that you don't know who the Man is?
0: Yeah. Do you think it was one person or do you think it was like maybe several people? I think it was one person.
1: Mm. I think it
2: was a demon from the nether regions. Mm -hmm, Obviously.
0: Mm -hmm. I think it was a a human. (laughs) So after hearing all the victims, though, do you think it was that theory of a sadist that was based off of sex and only attacked women and the men were just attacked because they were in the way?
1: Was there any sexual like...
0: that That was mentioned.
1: Okay, I'm going to say that he was just a psychotic p- person who yeah almost said patient, a psychotic person who just lost lost it, and then hmm. just as quickly he faded away. Maybe because they were getting too hot on his trail. Maybe because they were getting close.
0: I also don't who think knows? that I don't think that all those victims are from the same attacker. Interesting, because some of them were hit with a lamp, you think like a copycat or something. Yeah. I think maybe somebody else saw it as an opportunity to go. Or did the police attack? identify everybody
2: with a head injury? Like, oh, it's the same person. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, he did have a calling card of sorts of he leaving did. the axes in the yards. And,
0: and the doggy door. And the, the doggy jizzle. door. Yeah. So I don't know. Axeman. We'll never know. Maybe he died. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for letting me entertain you. Thank you for talking. Thank you for listening.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for doing it unsolved. I'm proud of you. There's some growth.
0: I feel uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to Sarah's Commuter True Crime. You can always catch us at thetipsyghost.com and find our socials linked from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great
2: review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it and it really does help. All right. We will catch
1: you guys next week. Okay, bye. bye. Bye.